Check this out, my guy. Your favorite oh, white people. Shit. Nobody's been in my DMs this week, man. Okay, so it's. I hope not. Shit. Hi, mom. By the way, <laughs> <I mean. laughs> Elgin. I've already told you about this. Said she'll what? she'll spank your big ass and stop playing <laughs> games. Okay. Try to be. Uh, uh, whatever, whatever. No, so check this out. Did you see this article recently, man? It said that Ashton Kutcher and his wife, man, they don't be bathing themselves or their kids regularly, man. You see this? Yeah, thing? I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> man, who was like, who was the comedian, man, who said, was it Chris Rock or. Martin Lawrence where they said they gave out a list of things that if you heard those things you could tell that the person was white or black uh, I think one was like if <laughs> got burnt up by electricity trying to connect electricity to somebody's house black 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 not washing your kids ass for a week or two white 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 if they didn't even mention Ashley Kusher and his crazy ass partner, we would have known that was white folks. I mean, this stop. Don't get it twisted because I'm not coming here defending anybody. Because you, you better not come in and defend made, this it, nasty it shit. Made, it made my stomach twist up a bit, but I heard it because your man was like, "We don't typically give him a bath until we see dirt," and I was like, "By that time, you probably have an infection or something." Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? They got wing worms, and <laughs> you know, you know, because they get they get lice. You know, we don't get lice, but they they get lice. Don't, don't, don't say scientifically inaccurate stuff. What? We don't. We don't need. We don't need folks coming into our. We already got folks dropping. Hold on, hold on. Have you ever met a black person that had lice? Okay, thank. You. All right, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. I'm here all week. Let me tell you. <laughs> no, I have not. But still, that yeah, that's why I say only white people get lice. But you, that doesn't mean or white they people with white people or those people that have that grade of hair so I think Hispanics can get it too Hispanics that are <laughs> Hispanics that are tainted with a uh, why, more why, why, do this, why do you do this you really just right? want to get us in trouble like why do you continue to do this all the time Is there but not tell me I'm wrong that you don't like, like you, you I love black people. I, mean, <laughs> I love, I love us. Hey, but it's true though, right? So, I mean, so you say, so you say, my guy. So you say. Tell me I'm wrong, though, please. I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to mind my black business so that we can continue uh, to do the show. Okay, but I, I, I will, I won't lie to you. I did, I did get one weird email, uh, and. What I do this time? Oh, oddly enough, it wasn't, it wasn't about you. But a woman was asking our opinion about oh, why God. her why her husband never wants to be the little spoon. 
she she dated her husband for maybe and i've never heard it well i've never heard of black people doing this but her she dated her husband for like about six months six to seven months not even a full year and they've been married and they've been married for going on a year and he works like late at night and when he comes home he gets in the bed and she'll try to be the big spoon right but for whatever reason as soon as he feels a press up on him he turns over and she's asked him about it but he's does never... he turns over where does he turn over towards her does he yes, turn he turns over to face her so he does not allow her to be the big spoon and she's been asked she says she's been asking him but he refuses to answer the question so she was asking us what she could do to help ease his discomfort or to try and get into his psyche to understand why he doesn't want her to be the big spoon. And I guess my are, question is, is it is it that big of a deal? I, that he does? I think I think what it is for her is that You have been married for twenty minutes. I mean I don't understand what the Elder, she's watching this joint <laughs> and you're gonna just send everybody over. <laughs> You've been married for three days and now you were exactly. trying to you're having a hard time asking difficult questions. Oh, I can't imagine why. <laughs> Maybe you should have got to know each other better. I don't know. He ain't going for the butt stuff. That's, that's what he <laughs> Listen, man. But, but, no, 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 no. That's true. My guy. One of the fears she said is that is is it a uh, uh, level because of homophobia is that what it is like is it just just the general question was is it okay a general discomfort amongst men that makes them not want to do no it's not a general comfort because my expectation if you are spooning with me i have the opportunity for you to give me a reach around i i don't i don't understand why <laughs> what a reach around <laughs> Come on, bro. I mean, listen. I, I, <laughs> listen, bro. I mean, hold on, hold on, hold on. I literally just telling you my mom was listening to the show and she said you ain't too old to spank. And you talking. But, but hold on. <laughs> <laughs> you going to do what Honestly, if you are. The, the the little spoon in the situation you're so close together there's literally nothing she can do to get to that area that makes you uncomfortable it's not like she can't get to I mean, she can't she really can't unless you like five three and she like seven foot two that she got arms like trees she she can't really she can't really do anything and listen, and, and or unless she got a strap on, and then you know what I mean, she poking you in the back. Stop. <laughs> Stop. Why don't you ever just listen? Stop. Okay, my question to you is: Has have you let have you been the small spoon before? Bro, listen, I've been the listen. I done been the small spoon, the big spoon from the side spoon. You know. <laughs> I'd have been the spoon that you put in the, the container with all the other the spatula. I'd have been that spoon, bro. I, listen, I, 
the kitchen spoon, the spoon you leave in the in the bathroom after you give us cooking up. I'd have been all the spoons, bro. I don't understand what the problems is. What? <laughs> the odd part about it, though, apparently, this is not very uncommon. And to me, I don't give two. I don't give two shits. For me, for real, for real. I can be the small spoon. I can be the big spoon. It doesn't bother me. I'm, my my concern is the affection that I get from my wife, right? But if so, hold on. Men really, actually have they have men have an issue with it? Like your masculinity is attached to whether your wife is the big spoon. <laughs> Right, your, your masculinity is as fragile as one ply. If that is the <laughs> wet one ply. If that is your concern, that you can't be. Oh my God. I, what in the world? Are you. This is really an issue? I mean, men have issues with this? Apparently, I've never heard this before. It is, man, because, I mean, well, I won't even say that. I won't say specifically that it is, but I know that I've heard from other men that have voiced similar voice similar thought processes and what makes it worse is that you have folks like your man the baby out here oh <laughs> time out now no brother I, you know i don't i don't know i don't hey listen i i love the gays we ain't got no problem i don't want none of the smoke with none of y'all because y'all can fight too and y'all carry guns nope i'm, I'm, I'm good. thankful that you actually behaved yourself because they oh, never send you messages. They give no, you I don't want no smoke. Because I think the baby is an asshole. I mean, hold on. I really, all jokes aside, I really thought that, that was your homeboy. Like that—that that was no. I, I have never liked. I don't. But that's a, a, a error of music that I really don't bang with anyway. I mean that that stuff. I can't think of anybody in this new genre of music that I actually listen to. Uh, I don't like none of it because it sounds the same. Uh, and I think, I, without sounding like my parents or grandparents, I'm just—it's just—it just doesn't sound good to me. I, so How I'm still listening to the '90s hip hop. I thought you no. really liked the baby. Why would I take that? There's no. There was one no. song that was popping real hard, and I thought that that was like that was your. The, no. the video was phenomenal when he had the Jabberwockies on the oh, video. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah the yeah, the yeah, video yeah. was superb, but even before he had that video come out my man shot somebody in a walk killed somebody in a walmart i mean he, <laughs> the baby listen he is got a whole team of defenders though you see ti came out real quick and came to his defense about all this and that's part of the problem like you see these no, no, you mentioned ti who has 101 sexual allegations against him and his wife coming to defend someone who's making misogynistic and homophobic i mean it's like somebody with some credibility want to come out and that's defend that's the baby because i find it very interesting as much as we tell white people to mind their business Black people have a hard time, especially these fake woke folks have a hard time minding their business. Because Lord knows the T.I. did not need to come out and say a goddamn thing. Like you said, somebody with credibility to come out and say something. Not necessarily that we're going to agree with the person, right? But if you had a little bit more weight behind your name and weren't tainted with all of these allegations and a whole bunch of foolishness, maybe people might give you a little listen. You know what I'm saying? But I mean... I'm just disappointed that no one else within the business came out and checked either one of these cats and said T.I. 
shut the fuck up. The baby, shut the fuck up and go to counseling. Because again, you you can't make these type of troubling and horrible types of comments and then double down on it though. Yeah. I think that's that's the part yeah. that really bothers me is the way that these cats double down on it and then go on IG and and then we ain't even mentioned other boy I'm not even gonna mention this That's dude I was who about to say I was about to say you see that it's the type of person that comes to it came to his defense but hey yeah. it is what it is man like I said there's there's a lot of strength in just minding your business but my dude just and I, and the sad part about it is man there's no way to really hold these cats accountable because again you know when you look at these concerts and you look at these festivals that folks is going to brown and black folk we ain't the one who is uh <laughs> you know what I mean? showing up there like that particularly in the midst of a pandemic Nope. The, the panini bread is that what you said, nigga? Yeah. <laughs> but it's fucked. It's fucked the baby all day, man. Because that yeah. you can't, you can't. No, no. Nope. You can't be problem. for black folks and then have that and type be, of have that yeah have that type of thinking. And I think part of the problem is that I don't. He's in a place right now, whether because of, regardless of what the reason is, he's in a place right now where he's not willing. To he's untouchable. He's not even willing to listen, and I think that makes that, that makes it even worse. You know what I mean? Even if you say that these are your thoughts, we'll have we can have a dialogue about it. Maybe you can shed some light on your thinking, right? But he's not even willing to have that type of conversation. He just without. And gone is the era of hip hop, man, where young cats had an older mentor. That era is gone. When you think back in the day, that every you know, new rapper who came out came out of a particular camp or clique, and you rapped a couple of times on their album, but you had someone to kind of bring you along. You had Hove and Blake. You had all these, you know, this Dr. Dre and Eminem for to a lesser degree. You had someone to bring you along in the business and to hold you accountable. These young cats don't have anybody. Yeah, I'll give you that. I will never forget, I was watching something on uh I don't know if it was Netflix or wherever, but I was watching something on TV and they were Buster was telling the story of how he was about to get signed and I think it was Run. Yeah, I think it was either I think it was Run that came to his house <clears throat> and was talking to him about the industry and trying to get them prepared and you know he was just starting to really connect with the leaders in the new school and all that other stuff and how he flexed out on his mom like started cursing at his mom and how run pulled him outside of the apartment and was like yo don't ever do that to your mother like like to hear that story he's like before then if his mom got him upset him and his mom will battle it out and yell and i guess he just like really took hold of him and was like there's a lot of things that people are going to expect of you as you become more famous, as you become more of a man, and this is not it. And like you said, I don't think no. rap music doesn't have that at that type of mentorship no. anymore. Man, but it is what it is. Yes, welcome, welcome, welcome. What's up? What's up? What is up? Back once again. It is the incredible in the black podcast. And in case you weren't aware, this is a podcast dedicated to covering the current events and social issues going on in your black world and covering it all from the perspective of three grown-ass men or two grown-ass men tonight who who know not to be the baby. I am your host, Big O, Mr. In the Black himself, but you know I can never do this alone. Let me introduce the rest of my crew. L, say what's up, man. Hey, good, good, good. Good evening, family. How are you guys? Yeah, that was my Obama, just in case anybody was looking. I'm 
practicing my, you know, my Obama. You know, you get a good five, six seconds of Obama, then I'm going to say fuck Obama. So I mean, you're only going to get a little bit of it. So, but and, and good you, evening and you, fuck Obama. You were doing so well until all of that. That's your boy. I'm sorry. If you're checking this out, because you got invited to the White House, didn't you? You been to the White House when Obama was there? Didn't you have to wipe the tables or something? Did they let you in that one time? <laughs> <laughs> because we might get demonetized, I won't tell you what I'm going to do to you when I see you. Uh, <laughs> if you're checking this out on YouTube, make sure that you gently take care of that thumbs up button. It helps the algorithm, makes it go a long way. Hit the subscribe button so that you don't miss out on the next video. And as as normal go ahead and follow us across social media at in the black pdcst facebook twitter and instagram but before we get into the thick of the show l please tell these good folks how they can become part of the family man man don't you ever drop your voice down another octave when you're talking to me on this damn show ever again don't you dare hey man you gotta just caress man don't 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 do that nope uh, hey, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to the In the Black Podcast. Uh, if you are looking to support and participate and become a part of the family, head on over to the www.intheblackpodcast.com website. There, there are a host of things you can do. You can click on the right-hand tab and click Become Member tab. You can scroll on down. You can find some of the nice swag that we have. We are updating our swag, ladies and gentlemen. We do realize this is woke 2019 swag that we have up there so we, we are going to update it uh to get some new stuff up there but uh you can become a member of our patreon and at our patreon you can actually get some of the other stuff that we have man we got my man said barry <laughs> i ain't gonna repeat it <laughs> but you can you can become a member of our Patreon, man. And at our Patreon, there's a number of tiers. You can get access to some of this crazy shit before it goes on the air. Some behind-the-scenes shit. All different types of shit. Or, if you just want to send money right to us. Dollar sign in the black PDCST. That's our cash app. Those funds are going to come in and help us have more crazy shit happening on a regular basis. So... Send us some money so we can be better and do more crazy shit for you guys. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Elgin, for for that. Uh, yes, so we're going to jump into the thick of it for tonight. Our black box oh, letter is going to be wrapped up into this first segment. Um, unless you've been living under a rock, you are very aware of Simone Biles, gold medalist Simone Biles, of the United States uh, women's gymnastic team has actually stepped back from competition and she cited her mental well-being as part of the reasons why she's stepping back. Um, there's been a lot of folks that have applauded her for putting herself first and taking her mental well-being, uh, taking her mental well-being into consideration. But of course, we've had a slew of people that think that Simone is a, a disgrace and have just basically have had choice words for her. Um, one of the things I want to say, I want to I preface this, okay? Uh, uh -oh. I'm going to show us a clip. This man, his name is Charlie Kirk, and I'm not using this video to promote Charlie Kirk. Charlie Kirk does enough, he does. he has enough promotion, he does enough promoting of his own. 
the reason why I'm using this snippet is two reasons. One, because of the type of language he uses to describe her simply for not performing, okay? And two, to showcase the type of, to showcase the reach that this man has. Charlie Kirk is one of these new aged neoconservative types, these thinkers on the right, on the conservative side. This man can quickly put together a rally that will end up bringing in thousands upon, excuse me, hundreds of thousands hundreds of dollars thousands. quickly. So he has power within that sphere. So I just want to preface this video by stating that first. Let's take a quick listen to what he has to say. Simone Biles says, this Olympic Games, I wanted to be for myself when I came in. And I felt like I was still doing it for other people as she cried after the team event on Tuesday. So that just, it like hurts my heart because doing what I love has been kind of taken away from me to please other people. Yeah, that's the point, Simone Biles. You're representing your nation, you selfish, you're selfish sociopath. You kidding me? She's an incredible athlete. Of course she's an incredible athlete. I'm not saying, I just said she's probably the greatest gymnast of all time. She's also very selfish. She's immature and she is a shame to the country. She's totally a sociopath. Of course she's a sociopath. So, my man Elgin, when you initially heard Simone Biles was going to be taking a step back from competition during the Olympics to address her mental health, what were your first thoughts? Round of applause for Simone Biles. Round of applause for... Uh, black people across the diaspora who decide to step away from whatever they are doing to protect themselves and to, um, yeah, to protect themselves and to watch out for their, you know, their mentals and the emotional state. So my initial was a round of applause. Uh, we have seen this all throughout this pandemic where black folks are doing it. I find it a tad bit fascinating that when Kyrie Irving did the same thing earlier in the season, he didn't receive the same type of, um, same type of, ugh, do I want to say recognition? Same type of recognition that Simone did. And I think there's a variety of reasons for that. But I, I also, I feel that Simone, Naomi, and all these black athletes who are stepping away, I don't think it's the pressure of the sports. I don't think it's the pressure of the media that is driving them away. I think it's literally, I think it's the pressure of having to perform in a system such as capitalism that you have to continuously put it in the same, it's the same pressure that we face on a smaller scale, but these folks actually can afford to step away and take some time away from the game. Like at my job, I can't afford to just say, you know, fuck y'all and I'm taking some time away and not fulfilling my obligations there. But at the same time, when you are an Olympic athlete, you are not a paid Olympic athlete. Olympic athletes do not receive a salary. The money they typically do make is through endorsements for their participation in the Olympics. So, and then at the same time, as someone who is black, uh, 
I don't understand why there's this conversation of, you know, you're not loving your country and protecting your country at the same listen, for the past four hundred years, but we can just stay on the past two years. This country has literally given black people the the middle of their ass to kiss in every situation, whether it be Brianna, whether it be Ahmad, whether it be George Floyd, whether it be the evictions, whether it be the way they handled the pandemic, whether it be the fourteen hundred when it was supposed to be two thousand, whether it can be whether it's all those different things. There is no reason why, in my estimation, that black people should have this unwavering loyalty to this country a country that has consistently shown you and everybody else that they don't give a rat's ass about you unless guess what you're representing them in front of other countries then it becomes america versus china you're not like this asshole listen these white folks, man, are organizing in ways that I just think that we need to pay attention to. The fact that he's able to draw the numbers the way that he is able to draw the numbers by calling black folks sociopaths. And selfish and all this other stuff. <laughs> he went as far as he possibly could without calling her a lazy shiftless yeah nigga. yeah and yeah. again i me and carmen are agreeing again i don't know what it must be the, the ancestors must be speaking to both of us but i absolutely agree uh i think black folks should have abstained from the olympics but you know and motherfuckers ain't gonna listen to elgin but yeah right, listen the moment that our sister was not able to go because she was smoking weed for to, to cope with her grieving, but the, the the white queer women can actually come out and support and be sponsored by CPD companies, and you know, it's no, no. Yeah. The moment I just think that we have to be a little wiser in the way that we navigate. But long story short, I stood and saluted Simone because she made such a stand. But at the same time, Simone's a you know a multi million dollar athlete. Uh, you know, she can afford to do that shit. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to take a different approach to it. And I'm glad that you prefaced it by talking about America's dedication to black people and why we are always either getting the short end of the stick or being misrepresented when the time comes to it. Right. I think we really need to take a deep dive into the mental health perspective of this. Many of us have jobs that we would easily say fuck off tomorrow if we had an opportunity to. Hi, guys. <laughs> Many of us have jobs that that we put up with so much nonsense in our day-to-day -day work. Hi, guys. That a week away from work <sighs> would do us wonders, right? If you could step away, we would. Talk less of a woman who, and I'm going to be very frank, because most of these folks that are doing all the noise-making uh during this whole thing are probably nowhere as good at their job as she is at her job she's literally she's literally the pinnacle of her her, her profession she's the greatest of all time sure literally literally mm -hmm. they've named several moves after her that's how good she is and she took the opportunity to take a step back do you remember was it what was it 93 was it it was after jordan's dad died and he decided that he was going to step away from basketball. Same, same exact thing. 
Let's not forget that she recently had to relive the trauma of sexual assault because they just threw the doctor from the women's gymnastic team in the clinic. Just. And when just we say just, we're talking about this this month. After years of litigation, and she was one of the victims. And yes. still she performed and showed up for the team. And maybe it was all just to it all just built up on her. And I don't I can't understand how you can fault anyone for how you can fault anyone for wanting to take care of themselves but i, but think I don't think they're doing that they, they i think they are faulting themselves because i think they're faulting them they're faulting her for wanting to take care of themselves because this the mental aspect of the game is an invisible aspect and it's part of those things that people are like well you've got to push through it you've got to be tough You've got to be able to overcome it. That's part of the whole spectacle of sports. No, this now, is a spectacle of sports when it comes to black people. Like the part of what that that we got to make sure we harp on and drill down on is black people are expected to perform in spite of anything. I mean, it's in spite of the pain, in spite of all that we are facing, we are supposed to not only perform, but represent this country that has been so great to us all these years. So that component, that still is something I think that resonates in the clearest head that we don't feel pain the same way they do. They do. That we don't have the same type of ability to navigate. That we're just so resilient. That we're so... And plus, you get a chance to represent America. Like, how could you not want to down, yeah. push through and represent America, the greatest country? Like, motherfucker, are you not watching the news? Like, shit. You've never lived that life, I guess, my guy. Like, I think that's what it boils down to. You've never lived that sure. life to have that, have that debate with yourself of how you're to weigh your, your blackness and country where you're born and which one supersedes which um i think we i think you're right about how she's being treated in this aspect right uh there was a cop there was a um i guess a statement put out initially by the coach for the women's team that seemed very weird to me on the surface when i first saw it he basically said that simone biles that her the reasons why she's stepping away are not physical and i felt like he was trying to throw her under the bus when i initially he was but they then the team i don't know if it's him or if it's the team collectively ultimately released a statement saying these are the reasons why she's taking a step back we are in full solidarity and support of her as she's taking a step back. We can understand why she's doing AKA that. in spite of this dumbass coach that just came out and said this stupid shit, we are supporting her. They, they had to come out and say that. Well, but he, again, he, he, he didn't have to case. come out and say anything. He didn't. He didn't. But even if that's the case, the fact that the team actually did that, if you compare that to what Kyrie went through, they pretty much lambasted him the entire Everybody. time. Everybody that he was out. And he said, I'm taking care of my mental. I mean, in the midst of a pandemic. Call him very, it was, that he's eclectic and that he's a weird guy and all these other stuff. And I'm like, don't care. Listen, again, in the midst of a pandemic and, and not to shift away from Simone because she deserves all she of the spotlight yep. yes, for this, does. but to 
add context to the Kyrie situation. Remember, before the season, Kyrie was one of the athletes, one of the few NBA players that was actually calling not to have the season, not only because of the, the, the rebellions that were taking place all across the country, but because we were in the midst of a pandemic. He was just like, no. He didn't think it was good or healthy. So he decided to step away from he only missed like two games. And they destroyed this. Okay. I don't care how many fucking games he missed. A couple games, the whole Olympics. A couple games. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, you know I what I mean? Know, they destroyed him. I just think I just thought it was a really a fascinating display of the way we view uh genders in within the black collective i think it's hopefully it opens up at some point in time to a larger discussion mm. i don't know necessarily if, the, if that'll ever be a change because once again people don't see the mental aspects of sport talk people don't see the mental aspect of of war yeah, talk yeah. less of talk less of sports People come back and they talk about having PTSD and it's hard to translate what that is, what that means, right? Yeah. Like, especially and she's not a new athlete. It's not like this is her first time. Yeah. Like she didn't have anything to prove. If she didn't go, her GOAT status would still be solidified, secure. like secure. She was going over there to do the U.S. a favor because the rest Fact. of the gymnastic team is trash. Fact. Like, let's keep it real. Like, yeah. that's why they mad because, oh, shit. Simone ain't going to be here? Oh, well, I should have stayed in the crib, you know. <laughs> shit, Wendy's was hiring. I get it. You know? <laughs> I think they honestly, I think they won. I think the team um, exercises, they just won silver or something. And they were almost, quote, unquote, a shooting to win the gold if Simone had taken part in it. So if Simone would have played, yeah. And I want, you know what I want though? I want some of these young black folks that when they make the stand to have a little bit more of a uh a fuck you to you. Like yeah, no. Well, the one thing that I felt like Naomi Naomi did was when someone checked her for missing one of the opens, she came back and was just on some basically mind your business type shit. Uh but the same thing with Simone. I think Simone was really gracious towards people. And I think that might just be her personality. Yeah. You know, she just seems to be a really gentle, you know, <laughs> sweet soul. But I want some of them to have some more of that 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 raggedness to them. Like, fuck y'all, I'm taking some time off. Like, yo, you're my ready. motherfucker head hurt. Like, you're, you're ready to watch the whole world burn down anyway, so. <laughs> I got some gas and some matches. <laughs> I'm ready for it. What do you think? But just some, some anger, man. Just some anger when you're being mistreated by people. I just okay. want to see us respond accordingly. Okay, okay. quick question for you. because I'm asking a genuine question because I don't remember the circumstances surrounding it. Okay? So for clarity's sake, do you remember this type of backlash for, uh, what's his name? Kevin Love? Kevin Love went through something very similar, I think a season or two ago. Where he took nah. a step, took a step away from a couple he of things he had to address. He said he just like he was so, suffering from um, performance anxiety or social anxiety or something like that. And yeah. I don't remember people making this type of noise for him. I they, listen. I, said, and I, don't remember. I got a better one for you. Kevin Love said that he was having, and he did a whole PSA 
about the mental issues that he was facing. Paul yeah, George in the Pope, Paul George in the bubble, in the midst of the bubble playing in the NBA playoffs, told everybody that he was suffering from mental issues and anxiety in the midst of the bubble that didn't allow him to perform to the level that he was able to perform. Man, they dragged the shit out of Paul George. Yeah. They dragged the shit out of Paul George all the way up until this playoffs. So when it comes to black folks talking about our mental health in public spaces, period, bro, that shit is not looked at as, you know, something yeah. we should be talked about. Not looked at something real. And it, one of the nope. biggest problems about it. But white people can do it. The clear well, folks. That, hold on. That's part of the problem. And they, and they should because they crazy as shit anyway. Well, All y'all motherfuckers that, should be that, in therapy. That being that be terrorists. The, the, <laughs> white people can do it. And you can hear that. I know I literally I have I have people that work at my job that had a woman maybe I think it was a year and a half ago who said that she suffered a mental breakdown. And she did not come into the office. And this is before the pandemic. She stopped coming into the office, did her job completely remote, said that her physically being in the office sets off her anxiety and her trauma, uh, her, her trauma senses or whatever. And she just couldn't do it and perform at the level that she needed to to do her job. She was gone for a year and a half. We didn't hear nothing from her. She just did her job. Right. I could I would have never heard forgotten that she even worked for the damn office the way that she was gone. I know that there was another brother that had something very similar happen. His father had passed away maybe a couple of months prior, and he was still having difficulty wrapping his head around it. And this is somebody that, I mean, him and his dad, like, literally live, like, three houses down from one another. Like, he's really, really close to his dad, and his dad passed away, and he was trying to deal with mm -hmm. that, and the office refused to allow this dude the same sorts of privileges that they allowed this other lady. And I think it's interesting because once again, in the midst of this argument, we hear a lot of brothers, well, also we hear a lot of black people because I've heard some sisters say some wild shit too about Simone not just sucking that shit up and doing what she needs to do and performing and just like, okay, well, you've already got all these gold medals. Just go ahead and do it. You're already there. You took the flight. Just go ahead and do what you need to do. Suck it up. Like, what are you crying about? And, and fuck them too, because they're just as stupid. Or a moment of need, and they're not being mm -hmm. in the least bit compassionate. But but you but you understand why? Those are people who operate from a place of jealousy and you know respectability politics. Because don't forget, there's a ton of respectability politics that's wrapped around the Olympics. I mean, that joint is bathing yeah, in politics. So I've heard black people say that too. Just suck it up. You know, just go ahead and do it. You already there. Like, hold on, time out, man. Have you never been in a situation where the mental aspect of life has literally sucked the air out of your body? Like, doing anything really makes it difficult? You ungrateful, inconsiderate, uncompassionate bastard? You can't see that? Like, how difficult, how, how, how harsh and mean and cruel do you have to be? That you literally are telling somebody who is suffering mentally an ailment that you can't see that is incredibly difficult to diagnose and to treat to just suck it up. Like you I know, don't part of the part of the blame too, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but part of the blame that I've also been seeing is that they put it on her being a, a millennial. 
So they're not, he said, they're not the same. They're not the way we used to be. They're not built the same way. You know what I mean? Back, back in our day, we would have just gone out there. You're getting paid. You're making all this money. You're doing what you're doing or whatever. I would have just done it. You hear that argument a lot. It's because she's a millennial. And I'm actually jealous of her because in my day, I would have never even thought to pull a move like that. I would have never Man, these millennials have more audacity than and more courage than most of these civil rights generation Negroes who and some of these Gen Xers who had yelling out, I'm not my ancestors or, you know, I, I, who first thing they do is pull out their cell phone when Karen shows up to yell in their face. You know, I'm going to record you instead of telling Karen to get the hell out my damn face. So when I see these young people make this type of stand, I applaud our young people for having this type of our courage and want to support them because of the pressure that we see. You got Piers Morgan, who is an idiot. You have this other person who is an idiot and countless other idiots coming out against a black woman who has made the decision to step away from something that she wasn't getting paid for in the first place to take care of herself. Round yeah. of a fucking applause for yeah. Simone. There is a hard, there is a big level of misogynoir that's wrapped up into this whole. Thing. Oh my god! Her and what's the? Uh, I always forget her name. The young lady, the track star, because of Shakari Richardson. Yeah, Shakari Richardson. Like it's really just, it's really disgusting, and I hate to see black people because of their desire to be close to the proximity of whiteness start taking on some of these talking points the way they've been taking them on but man did you hear the story about the the black i think the it was the black women who were swimmers who wanted to wear a certain kind of swim cap, cap to, to protect they their, wear, yeah, and they said that they couldn't or yeah. the, the the volleyball players the, yes. the, the volleyball players who said you know can we wear shorts and the, they, they said no yeah. you gotta wear bikini bottoms like what the fuck does bikini bottoms have to do with me you sexist misogynistic bastards I, I don't get this folks is killing me with this man and again yeah. I think we should not be participating in these things anyway hmm. I think that's a man. The stand that the the boy what that would have said if black folks would have not participated. That yeah. Ooh. Talking about mental health of one person, um, let's actually jump into the mental health of another person. I guess you could say. Let's go ahead and uh, uh, go ahead and kick it off for us, Elder Man. Oh God! (laughs) Don't do that. (sighs) Don't do that, man. I, 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 I. I struggle with even having this conversation about this type of stuff because it, it 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 makes me furious to see black folks respond. If you have been paying attention, they had the recent hearings about some of the stuff that took place at the you know the uh, the Treason Fest twenty twenty one, you know, uh, January <laughs> January six. Uh, where you had all the clear folks trying to run into the Capitol, but, you know, they weren't trying to cause a riot or a revolt anyway. You know, they were exercising their rights. Uh, <laughs> but you had some of the, you know, the Capitol police officers testify about some of the treatment that they have. And they have this one Negro who gets up there, and, you know, and he gives all this speech about how, you know, he's never heard anyone call him the nigger, call him nigger in uniform. That was the, the fascinating part about that whole part. You know, no one, no one's ever called me a nigger in uniform, but they probably call your ass nigger every time you got your street clothes on, don't they? 
yeah, dumbass. <laughs> but he came out and he had this really, you know, very pro-law enforcement type of response. And, you know, you he know was really... Let's take a step back. I want to, because I have a clip here. I want to go ahead. Uh, you going to play the clip? And this is what I was hoping. That's why I was kind of dragging out what I was saying. <laughs> hoping that you ain't played the clip because I'm tired of this dude. He doesn't represent light skinned people Shut very up. well. He's, he's so, or light skinned big dudes very well. Uh, Here's the clip, man. <laughs> As I was swarmed by a violent mob, they ripped off my badge, they grabbed and stripped me of my radio. They seized ammunition that was secured to my body. They began to beat me with their fists and with what felt like hard metal objects. At one point, I came face to face with an attacker who repeatedly lunged for me and attempted to remove my firearm. I heard chanting from some in the crowd, get his gun and kill him with his own gun. I was electrocuted again and again and again with a taser. At the hospital, doctors told me that I had suffered a heart attack, and I was later diagnosed with a concussion, a traumatic brain injury, and post-traumatic stress disorder. I told them to just leave the Capitol, and in response, they yelled, no man, this is our house. President Trump invited us here. We're here to stop the steal. I responded, well, I voted for Joe Biden. Does my vote not count? Am I nobody? That prompted a torrent of racial epithets. One woman in a pink MAGA shirt yelled, you hear that, guys? This nigger voted for Joe Biden. Then the crowd, perhaps around 20 people, joined in screaming, boo, fucking nigger. No one had ever, ever called me a nigger while wearing the uniform of a Capitol Police officer. I hate that dude. I swear, I hate that dude. Hey, Harry, I hate your life, bro. I swear. Before, we, before we get into it, okay, in, in an effort of full transparency, I had an opportunity last year to do a panel with this dude, Harry Dunn. This is before all of this stuff had happened. It was actually a panel that was done by the AKAs of Baltimore uh, about the pandemic and how it affects black men. And... We have attempted prior to the testimony to get I'm him sure on the show. sure he ain't coming on here now. He ain't coming you, now. I know you don't. Harry, Harry come through, bro. Come through. You, I, you, you always scaring people off. Come through. <laughs> come hang. Go, come go, hang out, Harry. Go, go ahead, man. Go ahead and start. Go ahead and. Uh, no, I was. I was for, for 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 one. Honestly, man, I was just. It, it blows my mind when people, particularly in particular areas of some institution, whether it's law enforcement or military, get to this place where they have this encounter with overt racism that it blows them away, or so they say, that it's their first time encountering, you know, such a thing, you know, and, and to hear him, you know, sniffling like he was about to cry, to have, you know, I, 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 I'm I blown can, away, man. Listen, I'm so, and I have, listen, to, to say what I said on Facebook, I have zero sympathy 
for this dude. I have zero sympathy for this dude, Harry. I would, I would, I would but come on. I want you to make sure to read that comment so you understand. Don't subject that, that man to every, thank, everybody, thank you. Everybody knows that you are Tony Montana, the bad guy in this whole situation. <laughs> no, but all jokes aside, man, do you not think that, I won't say that it's a performance because I don't want to lead into that type of thinking or that type of mentality, okay? But do you think that there had to have been some level of quote unquote preparation Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But, you know, if you prep someone, you have the ability still to say, no, I ain't saying that shit. You still have the ability to say, no, I'm not saying that. As you're being prepped to say something, you still have the the ability to say, no, that's not quite accurate. Or, no, I don't want to say that. You still, you don't lose that autonomy to change it, to say what you want to say. And I do think that police officers and the same thing with people in the military, you get in there and you become that particular thing. You become a cop. You become a soldier. You don't become you. you both you, institutions condition you. Guy, because, you know, why? Because before, I was in the military. Because, I did four years listen, in the Navy. Listen. Listen, because you know, I know I experienced it. Before you went in, you had a whole bunch of people that were telling you, you're black. You shouldn't be going in this white man's army. Yeah, now yeah, you're yeah. here saying that this man has joined, <laughs> essentially joined the devil's side because he became a police officer. And I know people well, said the same thing or similar to you. Oh, yeah. Uh, again, and, and at this point in my life, I don't necessarily disagree with them, but I have a rebuttal. Like it was either, you know, I didn't have a wicked jump shot, so it was either right. crack rock or, you know, so so I didn't have, and again, the conversation one day is going to take place. Most black people, I believe, who enlist in the military don't enlist because they have some unwavering, undying love for this for country. country. No, you're right about that. Well, I won't say you're right. I'll say that I know that between you and I, that that was not no. the reason why we fucking no. joined the service. But to, so, to, to hear him lose or to say that he was surprised, essentially, that he experienced that type of racism was no, was you blown. Don't was, you don't think it was hyperbole? I'm not, I'm not saying he didn't. But you are literally surrounded by clear people who are trying to climb the walls of the Capitol. Like, there's white people everywhere, like it's World War Z, and you mean to tell me that you're having a difficult time? seeing racism like you don't see any you see like a sprinkle of black people like a zombie movie literally in the crowd you don't uh, like i don't understand how he's sitting there so distraught and heartbroken that's and you have the audacity to yell back at somebody about trump why well, i voted for biden like what? all right <laughs> What Elgin, the fuck does that very, mean? Very often, very often, you've told me that I should be willing to show my black people grace. I Why? am showing them grace. You are not. <laughs> that wasn't graceful. I thought that was kind of graceful. This is why I love you, man. Ladies and gentlemen who are watching, that wasn't graceful. I thought that was Christmas shit. No. Can you, can you? Can you admit that in some capacity he may have been reliving the trauma of January sixth? We're talking about PTSD. We're talking about mental health. We're talking about anxiety. I'm. I'm I don't be a police officer. 
All right, let's take a step back. We were having this conversation yesterday, and you very uh, freely and bared yourself, excuse me, <laughs> bared your emotions Whoa. to the world by, okay. by posting a video <laughs> about what the incidences that happened to you as a youngster that ended up radicalizing you against the police. Sure. And we've had that conversation about brothers that we know that have seen the same or similar and have taken a different route. They wanted to try and be part of the solution to keep us from being victims and victimized. What do you think about folks that join the service or join the police with that type of mentality in mind? Are they, they still just as bad? I think they're just as bad. And I think they're foolish to think that you can go inside of the system and change the system. You can't go inside of a system that is literally built on the blood, sweat, and tears of your ancestors that was used to oppress your ancestors in every possible way. Laws and policies have been put in place and are still putting, putting place to oppress your people. And you mean to tell me you think that you putting on this blue uniform or this green uniform and standing up for your blackness somehow is going to make a difference? Well, Someone correct us in the comments if I if we're mistaken, but I think he is a capital police officer. So he's really just it's not like he's out hey, in the, he's not Paul Blart. He's the black Paul Blart, bro. That's all he's a mall cop. At why, the, the are you, why are you like this? Like why what 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 happened to you? Did you just like is he is he a glorified security guard? I, I don't because that makes that makes even worse. That makes it even worse. I don't know. I want him to. I want him to be a full fledged police officer. Because if he's not a full fledged police officer, I listen. I, if you are a security guard, bro. If you a security guard and you having that type of attitude, shut up. He's not a bro, security you have that type guard. of security oh, guard and you get eighteen dollars an hour. Why, and you, why you, are you doing? He's not a good <laughs> goddamn dude. You ruthless as shit. You ruthless as shit. Okay, so do you believe? That and I agree with Carmen too, which she said the that they're not. Yeah, that she said that they won't make change because they have bills. I absolutely agree with you. That is a large part of why people will not take a stand because they have bills and have mouths to feed. I dig it. I do. I I, I, I do. But again, I'm coming for the third time. He's nothing but a, not a campus cop. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, they can't because you have too much to lose. Like we we as a people cannot afford to lose our jobs in those capacity and make those types of stands. That's why I say it's better for us not to be in those positions because ultimately you're going to have to make a compromise and a sacrifice that I don't think is going to sit right with your soul. Hmm. And you don't think there's any way that you can do that because that ends up that ends up taking black people so. out of these spaces that they could possibly make changes, right? But I mean, I mean, I know what your stance is on the police, so I mean, I don't think that you would agree with that. I I know you wouldn't agree with that. But, but for com uh, community policing, I think I'm I'm not anti-community policing, but I just think that 
if you sign up for one of these things with the intent of going in there to change, I just think that you're setting yourself up for failure. If you would go in there thinking that there may be a day or a time or a situation where I might be able to help somebody, I think that's a little different, a little bit of a distinction than going in and say, I'm going to go change the system from the inside. Like, that's, that's, that's folly, bro. And it's dangerous. I dig it. I dig it. I think this whole, the whole, January 6th riots was patriot was racism wrapped up in patriotism anyway. Um racism to who though? Who is it racist to? The, I, are you talking about January 6th in general or I'm talking, about, I'm talking about the the I'm talking about January 6th specifically because when you look at some of these incidences you have folks that during the marches for George Floyd were were touting or carrying flags to say blue the blue lives Blue Lives Matter and that thin blue line flag and all that other stuff, which is essentially a fuck you to black people, right? I mean, I think we can both agree on that. But later on, and I don't know if it was today or if it was still that day during the testimony, one of the, the cop that actually uh, spoke first in the clip, Officer Fanone, he played a clip the other day on Don Lemon's show where he got a voicemail from somebody that basically was like, you're out. He, basically, he's he, these people were beating up these cops, these capital these capital police, and in the voicemail he was like, "How can you be out there? You had these niggers burning down our cities during last mm -hmm. summer and all this other stuff, but you're not. But you are protecting the people that allowed Trump to the, that allowed Trump to lose, and he was the one that was going to fix or the steal the election, yeah, to steal the election. And I'm thinking to myself. So are these people really just, are these people really advocates for the police or are they just advocates for the status quo, which ultimately resorts to racism? And that's all the police, that's all policing is, right? P protection of the status quo. I mean, that's essentially, so I don't think they're advocating for police. I think literally they're advocating for the status quo and to essentially protect themselves and to make sure that their ideologies and thought processes are protected. The same thing we see with the, the, the clear folks when it comes to CRT. They, mm. they, they're not anti, you know, CRT. They're pro white supremacy. So it's, they're pushing to make sure that that is, and I think it's the same thing. So it doesn't surprise me that this type of stuff takes place when we see the clear folks rise up and have these types of issues and blowback. Again, anytime that black folks are beginning to make any sort of progress or headway in anything, you can guarantee white terrorism is going to show up right on time, right on schedule to do whatever they can to make sure that we don't make that sort of progress. And it's the same thing now. Even though Biden is absolute dumpster trash, this next election is going to be Trump or Trump Jr. running for office again because you, you, you just can't. It's, it's within... The, the biological chemistry of the clear folks to prevent us from getting to that place. I just think it's so disheartening that we continuously find ourselves. I mean, this is three, th three shows in a row where we've come on and talked about a non-white black person doing something where they are responding to overt racism in ways that makes us our skin crawl. To see him sniffling and crying and 
I'm just like, bro, where have you been? I don't understand how you how you responding to this in that sort of manner. Okay, so let me let me ask you this, and I think this should be we could wrap it up after this. And we've had this conversation before. How do you effectively make changes to help black people without injecting black people into these spaces? Because you're going to have incidences like this. Mm-hmm. Not everyone mm-hmm. is going mm-hmm. to be as radicalized as Elgin. Not everyone is going to be as uh, based in the data as I am. So how do you sure. have, how do you well, make those changes in these spaces without saying, okay, we're going to accept that we're going to get a couple of people that are just going to make our skin crawl or make our stomach turn or whatever the case is. Well, well, I'll say this. I'll say every time that we've had any sort of successful, quote unquote, successful black organization, whether it be SNCC, whether it be the Black Panther Party, they always had a component of political education. They always had mandatory classes that you had to attend to learn the local laws, the state laws, how to navigate different situations. One of the things that are missing, and we see it every political cycle, particularly presidential cycle, is a lack, a fundamental lack of political education. For us to define terms, if nothing more, to define terms, to say, okay, what does defund actually mean? You're right. When we begin to have political education and start actually defining and understanding terms and methodologies, we can actually build organizations, vet different types of people, vet different types of black folks, and put them in particular positions to get what we ultimately need. But I don't think anyone should be going into the system regardless, thinking that you're going to reform the system. You can't reform shit. You can ball shit up in a ball. You can square shit. You can round shit. You can kick shit. But when you've done all that, guess what? It's still, still, still shit. shit. Still shit. All right. Answer this question before we before we get out. Did anyone explain why you shouldn't join the Navy? Or did they just no. tell you don't join the white man's don't join the white man's no. army? No, no. Uh no one explained it to me. The people in my circle were older civil rights generation black folks who were raising me at the time who felt like going into the military would be my best option. I didn't have I didn't have anyone who to tell me no. It wasn't until I actually went to the military and came home on leave the first time that one of my older OGs was like, bruh, listen, you didn't have to do that. You didn't have to hustle either. You could have, you know, you could have paid attention to school and took your ass to college, but you wanted to bullshit. So don't get mad at us because you ain't had options. You was on some Mm -hmm. fuck shit in 12th grade. And he was right. But I would tell people nowadays not to join. Oh, yeah. How? Because I participated in something? That means I can't tell you not to do it? Yeah, because you've done it. Really? Yeah. No. So so people who so people who have been divorced can't tell people who are getting give people who are getting married advice? Listen, you didn't you didn't say advice. You said you were gonna tell them not to do it. It's not looking I'm gonna advise them not to do it. (laughs) 
that's another conversation we got to have. I'm gonna have to make sure there's a a large round table for. Let's that. do it, Carmen. <laughs> Me and Carmen for running for president. I just listen. I want to be you, vice president. I want her to be the first black female in office. The last thing we need is either I hope. you or Carmen spicy ass to be running for oh, politics. No. The whole White House will be black. I'm no, cooking no. ribs the first day on the grill outside <laughs> on the White House lawn. With a piece of Coke 45. I'm telling you. All and right. passing out black and miles to all the Secret Service. Black all miles? it's going to be black. black, 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 black bruh. Yeah, black and miles, bro. You get the jazz with the wine. Yeah, these people still smoke them. Oh, okay. Yeah, listen, yeah, man. Yeah. Paint the White House black. <laughs> Yes, right about now is the time when we like to give you little tidbits and news and words of wisdom that you can take with yourself into the week. L, what's up, man? I just want to give a shout out to uh, Glenn Ford uh, of Black Agenda Report, who transitioned uh, yesterday. Uh, Glenn Ford was a phenomenal writer and editor, uh, tremendous uh, just he did a fantastic job of pushing black radical thoughts and black radical analysis uh, from a you know through Black Agenda Report. And he actually transitioned, uh, I believe, yesterday. So you know, rest in power to Glenn Ford, to his family. Uh, may you guys find peace in the midst of all this. And for everybody else, COVID is still around. Wear your mask, wash your hands, and be careful of the clear folk because they not washing they ass. <laughs> How about eliminating the system? Hell no, listen, I'm with you. Eliminate the whole thing. Destroy it all. You're so stupid. All right. What's up for me this week is recently in Oregon, there was a a serial burglar who had been on the straight and narrow for several years, actually. And no, no, no. Listen to the story. It's, it's, it's an odd story, but a serial I, burglar who took some time off. Yes. He was, <laughs> in his younger years, he, he was on that fuck shit. Okay. Oh, on his younger years, right. he was on that fuck shit. And what ended up happening was that there ended up being another burglary. These are this is years after the fact, matter of fact, uh, from his last burglary or the last time he served a sentence. But it, what ended up happening was that in order to catch the culprit for this particular burglary, the Oregon State Police, or excuse me, the Oregon Police in I forget oh, what God. the city is. I apologize, but they ended up doctoring his mugshot and using that as case evidence to have him arrested and it was successful so they it make him, him lighter or darker so this guy he and he had tattoos all on his face right? oh that guy okay so okay they ended okay, up okay photoshopping the pick his mugshot to remove the tattoos lighten him up a bit and some other stuff and they did a good enough job that the actual person that they ended up catching looks very similar to this dude after the mugshot. So they knew who the guy actually was? So they ended up catching him after the fact. But this was already after old boy had spent like a year and some change in jail because of this doctored mugshot. 
shout out to all you people who think we can reform this system. <laughs> Listen, I, 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 to be <laughs> fucking Carmen with this stupid shit. But all jokes aside, when I read the story, it really broke my heart, man. Because why? And it broke my heart because this. I thought that this was a one-off in this particular incident, but apparently. There were uh, there have been I was going down this fucking rabbit hole, and there are cases that have set precedent to say that police have the ability to do this in certain cases to doctor vote photos and stuff like this if it helps to lead to arrests. It's bananas because one of the actual I think it was the state attorney using it had said, "Hey, the, this this is this precedent. This case such and such such and such, and they've done this before, and it worked." So I'm thinking to myself, after that, how many brothers have been in a position, and sisters too, have been in a position where the police were so gung-ho to get some black body in jail that they doctored photos, did whatever they probably wanted to do to video to set somebody up? I know my man has been sitting in jail for a year or some change, but thank God that he's sitting in jail because he could be in a casket. Like, because these cops... It was a story that just broke recently here in Philly where the cops paid a rival drug dealer to perform a hit on another drug dealer in the city. Like, excuse me, bruh, the police paid one drug dealer to perform a hit on another drug dealer in another part of the city. I want to. I want to quickly share the article so that folks can see it if they want to see it and they can take a look at it. Let me say it. So if you have an opportunity, I want you guys to take a look at that. Okay? Oh, so it's not like I was pulling shit out of my ass. So you see on the left-hand side... Why are you always talking about pulling something out? Like, sure, come on. Man. You see on the left-hand side is the actual mug shot. Mm. And on the right-hand side is what the police did to ultimately catch this person right here. Oh, man, I'm so disgusted by that. Can't win for shit. Anyway, L, where can folks find you if they want to find you, my guy? At Elgin Bailey on every social media platform, man. Are you approachable these days? I think I'm approachable most days. Um, I think that's that's debatable. Someone asked for, okay, I thought she was asking for a book suggestion, but that is a hell of a book right there that she is suggesting. St. Helen Victim, the story of a South Central Los Angeles police officer by Brian S. Bentley. Phenomenal hmm. text. You You've should die in Kirch. I've read it. In my studying of how police move, Someone recommended that to me. Actually, a police officer who was officer who was on his way out of the job suggested that I read this. He was quitting because he was dealing with, you know, interesting white racism. Hmm. Imagine that. Right. I'm Big O, Mister In the Black himself. You can find me on both Twitter and on Instagram at in, Mister Mr. underscore In the Black. And I want to thank you guys once again for joining us for another incredible episode of the In the Black podcast. You could have been anywhere else in the world, but you chose to kick with us, and we appreciate it. Make sure you follow us across social media at what is our social media? In the Black PDCST on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and. 
I'm going to implore you to come and check us out on our Patreon. Come join the family. Help support independent black media. You will not regret it. Uh, But until next time, as always, informed, intelligent, in the black. Peace. We out.